welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 291 of the podcast. It's Valentine's week. I hope that you are having a good week. I am having my annual hearty party. Uh, It's just a gathering of friends that come over for a little Valentine's brunch and it's something that I've done everywhere I've lived and it's been a great way to connect with people and establish friendships and just have a good break from all the busyness of life. So I hope that maybe you can invite a friend or two over, or maybe you're doing your own Valentine's party, hearty party. Let me know, because we've been talking about it for a few years here on the podcast. Today, my guest is an incredible woman and her husband. Catherine Wolf is an author and speaker, and she is somebody that has gone through some extraordinary circumstances. Six months after having her first child, she suffered a stroke that left her immobilized in a wheelchair and struggling to do many of the basic things that she used to do on her own. She and her husband are incredible, incredible together. Jay and Catherine have two children and they have written several books, Hope Heals, and their recent book that we're going to talk about today, Suffer Strong. So I'm so excited to hear from both of them today about not only Catherine's motherhood journey, but her experience following her stroke, and what they have learned from going through the most trying of circumstances to where they are today. So let's get to my conversation with the incredible Catherine Wolf. All right, I'm so honored to be chatting with Catherine Wolf today. Hi, Catherine. Hey there. How are you? Wonderful. I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so honored to be speaking to you. So I am a military spouse, so I have lived all across the country, and podcasts have kind of been a friend of mine as I've been all over the country living different places, and I can distinctly remember certain places and podcasts I was listening to in all these different places that I've lived, and I will never forget, Catherine, I was driving on a back road in Virginia when we lived in Virginia, and I was crossing one of the bridges and I mean it's just I'm from Southern California so a very different life experience living over there and I was driving in kind of rural Virginia and I was listening to you on Jamie Ivey's podcast the happy hour okay and I hadn't heard of you prior and hearing your story and hearing your faith throughout the narrative of this incredible story that you have lived out I just had tears in my eyes the whole time. And it's just etched in my mind thinking of you speaking with such faith and conviction and hope. And despite what you have been through physically, I will just never forget some of the things that you said. And so it just really transports me back. Thank you. Wow, that's such a compliment. And that was um, a special day. I loved being on that podcast, actually. Just like I'm excited to be here on this one. Thank you. Yeah, so that was like two or three years ago now. So so a a lot has happened since then. So for people that may not know you yet, Catherine, I'm so excited to introduce them to you. Will you just give a little background on yourself and your family? Absolutely. So I am from Athens, Georgia, born and raised, and my husband and I married young when I was 22 and moved across the country, probably to California, and wanted this kind of wild adventure when we were newlyweds, and Jay was going to law school at Pepperdine in Malibu, and yeah, life was wonderful, and we were broke newlyweds in Los Angeles, (laughs) and We even had a little surprise baby when I was um, 25 years old, and life was, you know, full and crazy and wonderful with the new baby, and life was full of expectancy, and then out of absolutely nowhere, um, when that baby was six months old, I had a massive brainstem stroke. And very nearly died. Um, 
I had what's called an AVM, which is an arterial venous malformation that ruptured. It's like a very severe brain aneurysm in your brain. Hmm. And it ruptured and subsequently caused a massive stroke. And then after a very brave surgeon um, decided to operate on me 16 hours later I lived but during the surgery they had to sacrifice and compromise much of my systems to keep me alive so now I am severely disabled I can't drive a car and I cannot walk normally I'm in a wheelchair and half my face is paralyzed, and I have a hand that doesn't work, and there are a number of pretty intense health problems, but I, um, I'm actually doing very, very well. I um, have gone on to have a second baby now. I had um, John three and a half years ago, four years ago now, wow. and um, yeah, we since moved from California, um, where we've settled in Atlanta, Georgia, which is not far from where I grew up, and we are loving it here. We're very grateful for our time in California, but now for this new season in Atlanta, and yeah, we are just really, really thriving in the midst of lives we never dreamed we'd be living. We mm-hmm. just knew one day... Um, you know, a couple years after the stroke, I'd be back to quote-unquote normal and wearing high heels and frolicking around at the park with my son. And when none of that happened, we eventually um, embraced what God was doing in our story and how he was absolutely showing up and how, in fact, he had called me to this mm. life in a wheelchair. And... Um, Yeah, I guess that kind of in a nutshell is the story. Hey everyone, I know you're loving getting to know Catherine and how's that for a backstory? <laughs> but I wanted to thank one of our show sponsors that makes Extraordinary Moms possible and that is Cosmetology. Cosmetology is a brand that was created by Dr. Janice Covey, a mom who was frustrated when her youngest daughter was diagnosed with eczema at three months old. She noticed a lack of effective, affordable, organic products and she just wanted to help her daughter's skin. She has a background as a pharmacist, so she got to work and decided to make her own line of products for children. So they sent me a lotion bar, and you might wonder, well, what is a lotion bar? Well, lotion bar is a solid moisturizer that contains effective organic moisturizing ingredients, such as shea butter and olive oil. There's no water, which eliminates the need for alcohol and potentially hazardous preservatives and chemicals that a lot of the other products have. So a lotion bar is truly nature's nourishing ingredient as a practical applicator. I love it so much because it's easy to travel with, it's solid, it's not gonna spill, you can carry it on an airplane, no problem. And they're awesome for kids because they can apply them on themselves without it making a goopy mess, right? We've all had our kid slather themselves with lotion, right? In addition to that lotion bar, they also have hand soaps using essential oil to scent them. I mean, it is such a great option for your family and for your kids. And Cosmetology has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off. So to get 15% off your first order, go to cosmetology.com. That's K-O-S-M-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y.com and use code E-E-P at checkout. So get that 15% off discount by going to cosmetology.com and use code EEP at checkout. Thanks so much for Cosmetology for sponsoring the show. Now let's continue on with my conversation with Catherine. Yeah, and for people that want more of of the nitty gritty of that epic story, um, your first book, Hope Heals, really goes through and and, uh, shares the, the specifics as well. So I really recommend that book. As exactly, well, yes. Hope Heals is like the memoir. Of yes. What happened, yes. It's sold everywhere. Books are sold. Or read our website. Hope Heals. Yeah, exactly. I cannot imagine you have a six-month-old. You're going about your business. You're, I'm sure, elated to have that first baby, even though you said he was a surprise. And yes, you're yes. just going about your days, and in one instant, everything 
changes. Right. And- it is crazy. I <sighs> had no medical history whatsoever, no family history, <sighs> no no indication anything was wrong. I was perfectly healthy. I just had a baby naturally six months before I was newly 26 years old. I just turned 26 a few weeks before. And um, yeah, I didn't even have a general doctor yet. Thank goodness Jay had Googled an insurance plan. So we had insurance barely. I mean, so goodness. And then all of a sudden I go into the hospital and come out a year and a half later after being in a coma for two and a half months. I mean, just so unbelievable that this um, could happen. Basically, what it was, an AVM is like an extremely terrible aneurysm. And they could actually form anywhere in your body. And mine formed when I was in my mother, in utero, in my mother, I was... um, growing this little malformation, this tumor-like thing of blood vessels that basically are ill-formed and they grow and grow and then some rupture one day. So mine grew from birth until I was 26 and it ruptured and then caused the massive brainstem stroke. So mine, um, I believe, I was fearfully and wonderfully created with the AVM in my brain. Mm. Oh my gosh. And so for people that feel like whether it's it's something like what you've experienced or any type of physical ailment or any type of disability or limitation, really, whether it's mental, physical, whatever, and they feel like, God, where are you in this? Like, why this thing? I think sometimes we feel kind of robbed by that, especially in the beginning. Of course, And I yes. know that you've had a long journey in processing all of this and have, have learned many lessons throughout it and have a much different perception now. But what would you tell people that feel like, why? Why, God? Oh, 100%. And I always like to share my story in the context of um, years and years of wrestling. I mean, the first mm-hmm. five years, there was no telling our story there was no writing a book uh, two books there was no speaking nothing so it's not as if um i woke up the morning after a stroke it was like hey this is amazing and jesus is all over this and Mm. this is so great i mean that in many many um ways has come but i'm almost 12 years out so it's a very different perspective that i would have had you know the morning after waking up from this it would take years of just wrestling and asking god how and why and honestly a very beautiful um season of kind of waking up to what was at work in my story all along. I didn't necessarily know as it was happening how the Lord had really wired me for this and was so at work in how, for instance, my thought life could have been extremely negative, obviously, and instead ingrained into the core of who I am has always been just a deep bend towards the truth of God's word. Mm. So when this happened to me, I was walking with the Lord deeply. And so that on a level I didn't even cognitively understand was impacting my response. There was such a deep hope in me that I almost had no choice but to respond in faith because it was so natural to where I was already walking. And I think that is a deep encouragement in all of our stories is when we're walking deeply with Jesus, there is no other response. But Mm. when you are um, at rock bottom, there's nowhere to look but up. You know, you you have to adjust your gaze when you're at rock bottom and it's going to be up. And when you're walking with Jesus, there's just no other option. I have said on that Jamie Ivey podcast years ago um, that you may remember this, that I said 
when I finally understood what had happened to me, which took months to even understand that I'd had a stroke. I couldn't even, like, understand it, truly. But once I processed a bit, I kind of woke up to, to the fact that this was no longer a drill, mm. <laughs> that my whole life had kind of been practiced for something like this. Wow. You know, I needed to wrap my mind around, so to go time. Your whole life has been building up to this moment. Now what happens? The pedal hits the metal, and this is not a drill. This is life. And so many of us in the course of life, not usually as young as I was, have a moment where they get the phone call, where they have some medical catastrophe of some kind of their own, or not even medical, have a catastrophe, whether it's a financial, relational, whatever, some moment where now your faith has really got to kick in, so you know at the core of your being that you are in fact okay in the storm. Oh, I love that so much. And I love what you're saying about being equipped for this without realizing that you were equipped for this, right? There are some things we do in life where we're really intentional. Like we go to school to become prepared to have a certain job. Or we, we do certain things very intentionally to prepare ourselves and develop skills and awareness and things. But then there's other things where God has just been present all along the way and mindful and putting the right people in your life. And we may not have have noticed him doing this and orchestrating this preparation, but when we need to fall back on that, it's there. It's there. So we can truly be equipped over time and see that, or we could be equipped in a moment. So in conjunction with the things that we intentionally prepare ourselves for to see and understand and acknowledge that God has been in the details, whether it's teaching you lessons along the way, having you experience certain things, putting certain people in your life. And like you said, it was a long, long journey to get to the point where you are now to be able to see all that preparation. But I think when we can trust that God really is in the details, that can change everything. Absolutely. I have, I mean, to the core of who I am, believe that God has equipped us. Yeah. And is always equipping us with everything that we need for the uncommon assignment that he's called us to, the unexpected assignment many, many times. And we're not cursed by the story that's happening in our lives. God's, God, what is that passage, 2 Peter 1, 3, I think, that his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through him who called us to his own glory and goodness, but that he's He's given us everything that we need, yes. and we're equipped much more than we think we are. We are, in fact, equipped for life, even in tragedy, but with the through light of Jesus in our story. Absolutely. But you know what, Catherine, I talk to a lot of moms who feel like they're not enough for their kids. Like maybe their kids have specific challenges that they're like, I don't know how to meet this need for my child. And I firmly believe that our kids are given to us and we are equipped for that. Even when we feel inadequate, God will guide us and make up for the difference of our lack, right? And so for for you, I'm sure going from an able-bodied mother to a six-month-old to somebody in a wheelchair who's severely disabled. What did you think oh. about in terms of what you would be able to bring to the table for your son? And what have you learned over time about being the right mother for your kids? Oh gosh, Jessica, I'm so glad you asked that because it is so important <sighs> and so freeing because I'm in this physical wheelchair, absolutely. But so many women, so many mothers specifically, are in all different kinds of intense internal wheelchairs, invisible wheelchairs, I call them. Everybody has terrible, various constraints and limitations on their lives. And um, what I have found to be absolutely true is that all of our children are better off 
because of our disabilities, our constraints, our issues, that these things we bring to the table of parenting that we think are going to hurt our child's life are actually enhancing their lives. It's changing who they are, their character, in ways we could never do with words. We are enabling our children to see weakness, to see his power working in our weakness. Second Corinthians 12, 9, that beautiful thought that because they are seeing that John 4, 4 idea that greater is he in me than he in the world, our children are identifying Jesus in a super unique way by watching the brokenness of their parents. And that is something very difficult to teach. And if we were truly good at pretending we had it all together, which maybe we would be, mm-hmm. maybe they wouldn't see that. Maybe mm-hmm. they wouldn't know God is in my story because I see God in my mommy's life. And that is powerful. Right. And so has your oldest son, who's far more aware of things than your than your four-year-old, but has he been able to express kind of the blessings and the lessons that he has learned and kind of what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. Um, so we have this camp for families with disabilities. My husband and I founded a camp called Hopios Camp that is this beautiful opportunity for families to come where someone is disabled and really just enjoy a vacation-like week as a family. It's um, it's amazing. And our children come and, and serve with us at this camp, and they're a part of this camp. And what they are seeing, both James and John, and all, all the children who are a part of this camp, and really children who are a part of anything where lives are not perfectly polished, which of course is many, many places, is not just Ophiel's camp. But what what our kids get to see is that joy is not only found in a pain-free life, that plenty of life with pain and hardship and struggle can also be married with such joy in Jesus, that it's not one or the other, that there's good things and hard things and hard things and good things, and they're not mutually exclusive. And that is something we must be about teaching our children. I think that is critical in the current climate in the world to teach even children over here in this Western world in 2020 that life is both good and hard, not just life is good and you are special and awesome. Those are so important. But it's also important to say, you know what? Life is going to be hard. There is struggle. And when you walk with Jesus through your struggles, there is joy. There is tremendous joy available, even in things that are painful, that are hard, like disability. Hey everyone, wanted to jump in one last time and thank our final show sponsor, and that is Imperfect Foods. You guys, all in all, over $218 billion of food goes to waste in this country every year, including 20 billion pounds of produce. And that is what Imperfect Foods is here to change. I know so many of us are mindful about recycling and the toxicity in our homes and things like that. Why are we wasting so much food? And I love companies like this that are trying to address the issue. Imperfect Foods is the only food delivery service that buys the perfectly nutritious and delicious foods that grocery stores won't sell. And they deliver them to you at a discount so you can save money and help reduce waste. Imperfect Foods goes directly to the source of farmers. And obviously, I love the convenience of getting a box of produce on my doorstep. My box of customized foods. So you can go on their website and customize your box. So if you're in need of carrots or squash, avocados, and they even have things like eggs, you can customize your box and have it come as routinely as you want onto your doorstep. And you guys, it's called Imperfect Foods, and it's supposed to kind of be unsightly, but everything with perfect quality in my box. I couldn't even believe it. I didn't know what to expect, but when I opened it up, I'm like, I feel like I just got home from the grocery store. So I am all in with Imperfect Foods, and if you're looking for a produce delivery service, give them a try. Start saving time, saving money, and saving waste right now 
because when you go to imperfectfoods.com slash EEP, now through February 16th, you'll get $10 off your next four orders. That's a total of $40 off. Just go to imperfectfoods.com slash EEP to get $10 off your next four orders. Imperfectfoods.com slash EEP and enter EEP at checkout. So grateful to companies like Imperfect Foods that are truly making a difference and grateful for their support of the podcast. Now let's finish up with Catherine. What an incredible camp and an incredible resource for families like that, not to just have that respite week, but to be able to connect with other families who get it. Because unless you've walked that walk, there's a camaraderie that comes. And most of you wouldn't choose to be a part of that community but you are, and there's such blessings that come from that association, I'm sure. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a profound gift. We love it. You should come. Oh, amazing, amazing. And where's that camp located? It's in Alabama. So okay, a little, a little distance. But you know what? Um, there are people who come from Oregon. Yeah. We, we had our first volunteers from Washington State come this summer. Amazing. Flew to Alabama, and... Um, there's something just magical. Mm. We now have people who are coming from 35 states to serve families with disabilities. It's really just, mm. it's absolutely incredible that, you know, people go to Africa on a mission trip and they should. And that's absolutely incredible. I've been there. It's amazing and need it. But coming to Alabama in the summertime is um, also a mission field and a very, very powerful way to families with disabilities. So I would highly recommend it with your children. Yes, that sounds like such a neat opportunity. And I think it is so true. There are such needs right around us. And oh, there are people who feel like they don't have a voice to speak up about those needs. And in your new book, Suffer Strong, um, you write, physical disabilities are obvious and elicit a fairly typical response. But right. we don't but don't we want all people all around us to take a look at us and automatically assume we're not doing great. And you joke. Oh my goodness. I think we all long for a t-shirt that says, I'm not okay. Treat me with care. I'm fragile. (laughs) And what's so great about the wheelchair is I kind of get that pass in life now. It's like I have a permanent t-shirt on that says, treat me with care. I'm not okay. Yeah. And I'm somebody that suffers with anxiety and different things like that. And there are days I am not okay. I'm smiling. I'm doing I'm doing the target run. I'm doing carpool. And I'm just hoping nobody asks me how I am. You yeah. know? And nobody would yeah. really know or guess. And it is hard to have that invisible disability. It really is. And I love, and this is one of the things I remember from driving down that Virginia road, you saying, we all have a disability. We really oh. do. And I love how you point out, it's in showing our kids how we handle those disabilities that they can see we're human and they can learn how to endure their own challenges and struggles, right? Yes, totally. Um, to everything in that I share publicly is always um, a message that we are all disabled. It's not mm-hmm. those of us only with disabilities on the outside, that mm-hmm. everybody has stuff don't we all we all have various things we're all disabled it's just some of us have inner wheelchairs and some of us have outer ones and you know it's it's so interesting that is just not a message the generation before us even learned i mean those of us parenting now are, are our own parents largely are not used to sharing I have disabilities you mm-hmm. may not see them that's kind of a new idea to present to our children is there is a lot of brokenness and it and that doesn't just mean sin you know sin for Christians has been something that has been talked about which is awesome yes we do but right. well, and sin nature but we also have very real disabilities, inner and outer. And that is something that we really have the gift of sharing with our children in a fresh and honest way, in an authentic way that is going to um, translate to how they view the world. And, and that's such a gift. Mm, 
Oh, I love that so much. So in reading your new book, Suffer Strong, it is so beautifully written and you and Jay take turns writing the different chapters, which I think is so, so neat because we talked about earlier how you feel like you are prepared for this physical challenge in your life and you can see that now. But in the very same way, God prepared Jay for this too. Oh my goodness, And yes, he never could life. have anticipated this outcome and this journey of marriage and fatherhood and everything like that. But he has learned so much through this experience just as you've learned. And you were both called to this challenge, right? And Absolutely. So, the Lord yeah. was at work from the moment he was born as well um, yeah. to wire him for this and to be up for this. Jay's dad is a pastor of a um, church in Montgomery, Alabama, and he grew up, you know, with the reality that pastors' families do, that all is not okay. You know, his dad's getting calls at the dinner table to come to the hospital. Somebody's died, and Jay is used to tragedy being from mm. pastors' family and holding that tragedy with such hope, and that is very special and a gift that he's been given even from a very young age. He is the oldest of four. Well, he is one of four, but they're all three of other siblings are girls. Mm -hmm. So he grew up knowing how to take care of girls. It's really <laughs> powerful because he takes care of me. He's my full-time caregiver and he gets me in and out of the bathtub and gets me dressed and helps me do life, drives me everywhere. And in a way, he's really used to that, you know, with his sisters and on and on and on. Jay just really knows how to navigate these waters in a very unique way. And I know that's the sweetness of the Lord working that out. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. And before we hopped on the call, I was talking to him and he said so much about our stories is just how we tell them, right? Oh, and no. and you could have the same exact experience happen to another person and have a completely different retelling and a, quite a different future laid out before Absolutely. you, depending upon how you view it and how you choose to proceed, right? A hundred percent, yes. So much of what happens to us in life it's not actually about what happens to us. Yeah. It's, it's how we see it. It's how we remember it. It's how we narrate it. It's how we look at it. It's, it's the perspective we have in our story. And as believers, if we choose to see how God showed up and remember that story of his faithfulness, it's a game changer for how we see the future. Yeah. I think something that's so neat about your profession of writing and speaking is that you get this added benefit of creating space in your life to really reflect and to really kind of break down what has happened, where you've come, how far you've come, what you've learned, and you create that space to document that. And I think many yes. of us don't have that opportunity or don't make that opportunity for ourselves to reflect and realize, wow. Like I'm, especially with the new decade starting, 2010 to now, what a different life. And I just really encourage listeners to take that space. And whether you're writing it down or recording a voice memo or just talking to your family, to be able to reflect and ask yourself kind of probing questions about where was I then? What was I thinking? And how did these last 10 years or however long shape where I am? I mean, I think that's such a powerful exercise. And so in, in oh writing goodness, this, yes. has that been true for you? And has anything come out in the writing or speaking process that's kind of surprised you? Oh my gosh, of course. And, and what I love about what you're saying, Jessica, is that is not something out of reach. Yes, yes, what yes, is yes. so, so easy for everybody, especially in this day and age, goodness, with the digital um, memory memory tactics. We, I mean, yeah. the what what is it even called? Like the, I mean, I call it the modern day Ebenezer's. We get in our <laughs> phone to like take a look back at 2014 or you know, yeah. whatever it is. We all have these like. I mean, go through your Instagram account. Like, we all have these crazy, just Ebenezer's all around us of where we've been and the memories that we have, it's not unique to me. What is unique, and I would encourage everybody to do this, is to really examine, to consider, ponder 
how how is this happening? Why is this happening? How is God in this? And really marinating, waking up, not just to what happened, which is key, but to how, where, where am I in this? Like, mm. where do I see God's faithfulness? And what is my decision in this? And what am I going to do with what I've got? So much of life isn't about what happens. It's how we think about it, like I said. So let's think about the right lessons we want to learn in the story that God's writing. Hmm. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, do a voice memo on your phone. Um, it, it, it doesn't have to be fancy, you know, or edited or anything, but that voice is so amazing. My husband's mom passed away when he was only 14 from colon cancer, and yeah. she got diagnosed 18 months prior. And in the 18 months that she had to live, she wrote her life history down. She had friends help her to do that. Um, she recorded voice messages on a cassette tape that we now have to find wow. a cassette player for. <laughs> but hearing yeah. her actual voice and hearing her testify of what she believed and what she wanted her kids to know. Oh, she wrote I know she wrote letters to them on their wedding day and um, that she would never get to witness. She made baby blankets for the grandchildren she would never get to meet. You know what oh, I mean? Like, golly. she used that time in such a precious, precious way. And her legacy continued on because of those physical reminders. And you don't have to have a terminal diagnosis to do that. Or any, right. like, that right. I love. Wow. Yeah. That is so powerful, so beautiful. I love that idea that, yeah, you know, I, I like to say, don't wait to celebrate. Yes. And I think actually part of celebration is remembrance. Yeah. That we don't wait to remember, wake up. Like, yeah. what are you waiting around for to wake up to your life? It's, yeah. it's really important to wake up to the God who's showing up in your story and call him out and tell it to everybody you know. You know, right. don't leave any room for anybody to say, oh, well, that's just, you know, how it worked out for her. No, it's the same God who's in your life. You're just not seeing him there. Yeah. Oh, Catherine, this has just been such an incredible conversation. Suffer Strong is such an incredible book about truly having hope. And oh, you're so sweet. It is, it is so well-written. I mean, did you think you would ever be a writer? What did you think you were going to be when you grew up? <laughs> uh, that, that's a good question. I, I, well, I majored in communication studies. Okay. And so I, I kind of, I mean, who knows? Who knows is the truth. <laughs> um, when I had the stroke, I was a personal assistant, which is so funny. Uh -huh. Um, and I loved it and a new mother and, um, yeah, I, I was an actress in high school, so oh. there was probably always some theatrical stuff at work, which translates well. Yes. <laughs> um, but writing was not so much on the table. I did win the English Award for high school in AP English, so maybe it was in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but largely, um, yeah, I think the Lord... Um, knew the desire of my heart, which was to somehow glorify him with my life and to, um, as it says in Isaiah 26, 8, I think, yes, Lord, walking in the way of your truth, we wait expectantly for you, for your name and your renown are the desires of our heart. And I think um, from a young age, that was true, that the name and fame of Jesus was the desire of my heart. So I did not know what that would look like in my adult life. And I definitely never saw that coming um, through the platform of a wheelchair and the brokenness of my body. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. But God had other plans. And somehow God's plans are perfect in all of our stories. And what's cool is the same six-year-old Catherine, who this always makes me cry to think of this, that the same six-year-old Catherine in her closet telling her dolls about Jesus and the name and fame of the one. Um, and her dreams, probably, of um, being on a stage and proclaiming the name and fame of Jesus years later when she was a big girl, um, has happened. 
it just looks different than I thought it would. I, I didn't see it being in a wheelchair um, with a paralyzed face and one vocal cord and a hand that doesn't work and eyes that don't see well and deafness in the ear and a hundred other medical issues. But um, it's the same thread that God in all of our lives has called us, even as little girls, to things that there are threads of, different pictures of um, in our adult life. But some things have not changed. And that same desire of my heart is has been put to great use. And that is an honor and a deep responsibility to live um, into that with such boldness and creativity. It says in the message, um, Galatians 6, 4, and 5, I think it is, that make careful exploration of who you are and the work that you've been given and sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best that you can with your own life. Hmm. And that thought has really rocked me that each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Because let's be honest, our lives are not perfect. Hmm. So how can we do the creative best with them, with whatever we've got to steward well? Our lives are short. And um, I heard a sermon recently on Ben Stewart, an incredible pastor in D.C., said that what changes us, we champion in life. And I love that idea so much that um, when something changes you, and for me, it's Jesus changes me. And what changes you is what you champion. And you champion it with whatever you got, whatever that looks like. And if that's the children that are very difficult in your story, and your personal problems that are super difficult, your marriage that's raw with issues, whatever it is, you can do the creative best you can with your own life to God's glory. And that is such a freeing, freeing thought for everyone. Oh, Catherine, you tell him, you tell him, Catherine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. And I just believe I've seen a lot of suffering lately. And I have had the recurring thought in my prayers lately that the body we've been given, the capabilities, the limitations, the strengths, the weaknesses, everything, it's all a perfect makeup for our mission here on earth. If God knew that you weren't going to be able to fulfill the mission that you were put here for in a wheelchair, he wouldn't have made that so. He wouldn't Absolutely. have done he wouldn't have done that. But I can see perfectly how all the different aspirations you had even from age 6 and acting in high school and all these things like well yeah like all of those things add up to you being able to continue doing things, yes, differently and yes, more painfully. And he right. he cries with us too that that things oh, aren't sure. easy, but uh, he's not going to rob us of any physical or otherwise thing that would allow us to complete our mission. He just that's right. not the way he works. And so exactly. if we're doubting why this challenge or why that challenge or why this limitation or why that we just have to trust that we we are still perfect in his eyes to go forth doing what he wants us to do right right exactly and that's hard and there there's such a freedom and i don't have to understand all the ins and outs of mm -hmm. it. you know i'm mm -hmm. never i could overanalyze and be paralyzed by it. I really could suffer from the paralysis of analysis. Yeah. But the truth is, I'm just going to go and yeah. I'm going to trust and I'm going to lean into what God is so clearly doing right in front of my face. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it's almost so obvious, but we miss it. We want a different story. Yeah. And yet God is saying the story right in front of you. Yeah. The people right in front of you, the life right in front of you is the life I'm calling you to live well for my glory. Oh, could not agree more. Catherine, where can people find you online and where can people find your books? Hope Heals and Suffer Strong. Oh, you are so sweet. Well, 
Um, Suffer Strong comes out February 11th. Yes. But if this airs before that, um, they can pre-order. And after, it's for sale anywhere books are sold. And Hope Heals, our first book, our memoir, is also available, I think, everywhere books are sold. Both Hope Heals, which is our memoir, and Suffer Strong, which is basically the lessons learned to date. It's Mm -hmm. really this idea that life defines us, suffering, as was in my case, redefines us, and ultimately hope refines us so we can move forward in our story our journey and suffer strong is um kind of a guidebook i'd say a guidebook a survival guide to um suffering and living well within the specific constraints of your story yeah and it's for any type of suffering that you maybe experience and even if you feel like your life hasn't been wrought with much suffering overall. I feel like it can help you to have an insight into others who are experiencing that as well so you can support them better. So it's for everybody. It really is. Absolutely. And I should say our website, Mm hopeheals.com, has plenty of encouragement for the hard story we're all living. And um, our social media is at Hope Heals. And that we do a lot on social media to encourage. We call it redeeming the internet. (laughs) That um, Let's point to stories of hope in Jesus on the internet and share that. (laughs) I love that. Catherine, this has been such a pleasure. Like I said, years ago, I heard your story and heard you speak. And to be able to converse with you this morning and to hear even the growth that has happened since then, it's just a real honor and blessing. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Oh, Jessica, you are so welcome. It is such a gift to encourage any and all of your Mm -hmm. listeners in the hope that um, truly in all of our stories of hurts and brokenness, God is so at work and longs for us to live them well for his glory. Mm, I love that. Catherine, I always ask my guests just one final question. Sure. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh, good question. Pre-motherhood self. Um, goodness, I think, well, it's hard to think because pre-motherhood is also pre-stroke. So that girl was really clueless. (laughs) (laughs) um, I'd still say that. Still, if I'd never had a stroke, I'd still say that girl was clueless because motherhood (laughs) wakes you up, doesn't it? It does. Um, I say you, you, you've got to let the expectations go now. Your mm-hmm. children are not going to be just like you. Don't try to make them just like you. They are their own people. God is doing something different in their lives than he's doing in yours. Honor that. Don't mm-hmm. try to make them any needs. I think maybe that's my biggest um, hiccup is my kids have got to be just like me and my husband and do what we did and think like we think. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. They need Jesus. Let's give them that and let him inform how they live and what they do and who they become and give them freedom to thrive in the life God has called them to. I get to be the helper. I get to shape who they are um, with with him having wired them specifically a certain way for a certain reason. And I don't think I had that freedom um, when I was pre-children to, to recognize that, but I don't need to let my children define who I am. I think our real, real detrimental Western world, even digital age, focus on motherhood as an idol has to go. That we identify like the perfect, like the idol that family has become. When the Lord is saying, I long to do incredible things in your family, but it may not look like the Instagram picture. Yes. And why on earth are we trying for the perfect Instagram picture? How about a life full of Jesus? (laughs) That's a super meaningful life. Like, I don't care if it's a really messed up picture. And my children got a load of problems, but they're honoring you with their stories. And that's ultimately what we want. So I tell pre-motherhood Catherine to chill out about it. God's (laughs) writing a good story. 
and let's redeem the internet, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, and yeah. this, yeah, for this day and age, let's redeem the internet. This is my my oldest is twelve. Come on, right now, right now. Oh, I love it. Catherine, you are a beautiful soul inside and out. And I'm so grateful that you're willing to share your story to empower and inspire so many. Your joy in the Lord is so evident and it is changing lives beyond measure. So thanks for taking the time today. You are so sweet to say that, Jessica. And I love that you are a California girl right now. And where where are you, by the way, in California? Yeah, I'm in Southern California. I was raised in San Diego. Okay. Yeah. I, I We lived in Culver City for many years, uh-huh. and there's just something so incredible about the faith community in where you're from. Yeah. I mean, I just think San Diego, for instance, has this really unique um, group of believers who are so authentic and just so down to earth and real about their faith. I just, I just love you people. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. Well, I hope to meet you in person someday, maybe at Hope Heals Camp. I would love that. I would love that too. Come on. Okay. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, Catherine. You are so welcome. God bless you, Jessica. Thank you. (sighs) That was such a tender, tender conversation with Catherine. Like I said, I went back and looked in that episode that I first heard her on, on the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey, was in 2016. I was living in Virginia, living a much different life. I didn't even have my little Jackson at that time. And life looked so different. And I was struggling in my own way, being over there, away from family, adapting to military life that I never pictured. And while Catherine and I's stories are wildly different, in their content, the emotions, and like she talks about those indivisible <laughs> invisible disabilities that we all have. And what if we treated each other with so much more care and gave people the benefit of the doubt that we all are going through challenges and struggles. And some of our challenges are on the outside and are visible, like being in a wheelchair, and others are deep and trying And they're concealed by the skin that we wear, right? But they're no less a struggle. So love this message so much. I hope, hope, hope you will check out her books if you are not already familiar. Hope Heals and Suffer Strong are available wherever books are sold. Her book launches today. I'll link everything over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDalquist3 or on Facebook at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today and for our show sponsors. Thanks for showing up every week and we will see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.